Hello and welcome to the Numbers Podcast, where we explore the depths of emotion through poetry. I am your host, Isaac Paredes. I'm an author and scientist with a passion for writing poetry to help people realize they are never alone, no matter how alone they may feel. Now let's get started. He watches on from the outside, his eyes watering with the reality that he is alone. He works while everyone plays, working to the bone. His mind is broke, his heart is soaked in the blood of his old life. Living the life of a lonely stone, kicked down the road until someone else makes it home. He watches on from the outside. When you're watching from the outside, think, feeling left out. Put in a position where you aren't where you want to be. And you see the final destination. You see where you want to be. But you don't know if you'll be able to make it there. His eyes watering with the reality that he is alone. Now this topic is a big one for me. Growing up, I always wrestled with the idea of loneliness. Not to say anything about my parents. My parents, they did their best. But every single person goes through a certain stage of internal loneliness sooner or later. You know, some people turn to religion. Some people turn to certain substances. Some people turn to other people. In my case, though, it was weird. I grew up in a very religious household. And in my mind, you know, it was always a sense of God is there. That no matter how alone, how dark the room may be, no matter how bad the nightmares, and no matter how long the tears would flow, there was always going to be God looking down and an angel just watching on. Now, as a little kid, that did give me faith, not going to lie. It helped to know that someone somewhere out there watched on and watched over me, even if I felt my worst. But it wasn't until I grew older where I really look back and think, wow, what could have pushed me to feel that alone? And it kind of dawned on me. As a man, as a human, I saw my parents struggle, and they, they struggled, but they did so, so much to give me and my brother a better life, and they still do. Even to this day, I would say I'm doing pretty well for myself, but they do everything in their power to still try to go above and beyond even though they did their very best to set me and my brother up for life. But it was something about that near special treatment in the face of adversity. It was something about watching them struggle, work to the bone, and do everything they can to give us a normal life. That made me feel isolated. Sounds a little ungrateful. (laughs) 
there's people out there who are struggling to get food. They have bad health, struggling because of war. The world seldom has a shortage of problems for people. And this is not to say that I'm not grateful for everything I've had. I've been incredibly blessed. And, you know, all glory to God, I'm still here. <laughs> but it was that, it was that realization upon watching my parents struggle so much growing up that really made me feel isolated to the world in the way that I myself took a step back. Where do these problems start? And ultimately, what does it really mean to be alive? Now, it's a scary thought, a very scary thought. And that's why, you know, I, had, I started thinking about things like that. You know, maybe I was around seven or eight, and that's, where I, that's when I started to become a lot more interested in science. Because there was always a question of why. And you jump down the rabbit hole of why too much or too deep, you find yourself in a very dark place. But beyond that, it was just the deeper I explored into that question of why. Why this? Why that? Why life? Why is everything the way it is? The more and more I felt myself feeling isolated from everyone around me. Sometimes even from myself. It came to the it came to the point where I just have just long nights and just lay there in the dark and no matter how much I would want to sleep my mind would just run and run and run wondering about what it all meant and even now I'm still in the process of doing that <laughs> I don't believe it was until I was about 12 or 13 I started actually writing out my thoughts first it started becoming you know free form just mind vomit on the paper but then it slowly took form and that's when I started my poetry but it was that loneliness that's always been the foundation of why I started writing and it's still the foundation of why I continue to write because even though I'm still in the process of making peace with my past peace with peace with my emotions and peace with myself. There's not a lot of people out there who are fortunate enough to be in the same position. Sometimes it isn't easy. I shouldn't even say sometimes, it's never easy. It's never easy to be at peace with yourself, to be at peace with your past. Sometimes that type of thought those type of emotions, they can swallow a person alive. It is, it's taken many, many, many sleepless nights and many, many, many more days spent <laughs> daydreaming and thinking to get to the stage I am now in that road of self, I don't even want to say peace. It's more like becoming content with your mind, content with yourself, and kind of coming to terms 
Coming to terms with the person you could be versus the person you are. And I feel that that large gap between who you are now and who you want to be can oftentimes leave you feeling isolated. Oftentimes leave you asking endless questions that you can never find the answer to. And that was my realization growing up where there was so much I wanted to know yet so few answers that it drove me further and further away from being at peace because peace is in the answer. But when you look inside enough, when you explore your darker ends, when you learn who you can be and where you are now, it's not so much that you find the answer. It's more so that you come to peace with the fact that the answer is always changing. Every single day, every single minute. Your trajectory right now to who you will be in 10 years can change in the drop of a dime. A catastrophe can happen. You can get very sick. You can win a million dollars. Anything, anything can change. And everything does change. Which is why loneliness is such a scary thing because oftentimes we get so sucked into the reality of the now, the watching from the outside, that we don't think to ourselves, how do I get inside? How do I get to my dreams? How do I get to becoming the person I want to be? And that's the true power in it. That's the truth behind the loneliness. Oftentimes it's because you are not where you want to be. And I'm not talking about just physically. You know, we, we would all love to be at the beach, living the rest of our lives, have, not having to worry about bills and health or f our family. But I'm talking about an internal peace. I'm talking about the ability to explore your mind, be confident in who you are, stand your ground, but also finding the security in knowing your own identity. In knowing that no matter what anybody else thinks, says, or does, you are who you are. And it's once you find that, that the world doesn't seem all that lonely anymore. Time slows down. Things kind of become more vibrant. There's a new replenished beauty, not only in how the world works, but also in your relationships, in your passions. That's a big thing. That is a very big thing. I stress it all the time whenever I talk to some people. It's like, if you feel stuck, learn a bit about yourself. Oftentimes you run into a passion you never thought you had. In my attempt to learn more about myself, I found my passion for writing. I found my passion for helping people. I found my passion for learning how the world works. 
Now, of course, you can always take that to the extreme and become isolated, but it's never a bad thing to learn more about yourself. Oftentimes what I do is no music, no phone. You could pick where, but just sit alone with your thoughts. Ask yourself questions. You'd be surprised how many answers you have without even realizing it. I can guarantee right now you ask yourself, what's one thing you feel is wrong with you? I can almost guarantee at least a handful of things probably popped up. It's not necessarily a bad thing to look at the bad. No, there's always these positive messages. Celebrate the good things only. Write 10 things good about yourself. But people don't take that extra step. Alongside the good is the bad because the bad is what eats away at your heart. If the world ran on just the best qualities of people, we'd be living in a very, very different world. But the truth is, there's always a side to us. There's always emotions. There's always something there that we feel is negative. And it's okay to explore that. I actually invite you to explore those emotions. Explore your insecurities. Explore the things that make you tick. Explore why you feel so sad. Just don't internalize it. Bring it out into the world. Bring it out into the ether. Write it down. Wrestle with it. Wrestle with yourself. And it's in these moments you, you're going to feel the most uncomfortable, the most awkward. You'd immediately want to jump on your phone, jump on something to distract you from what you're facing. But it's through that struggle, through that awkwardness, through that discomfort that you grow as a person. You do it enough times, you won't feel the same way. You won't feel so uncomfortable in facing yourself. You feel more comfortable in facing the reality of your situation, facing your insecurities, facing the things that you want to change the most about yourself. And it's only when you get to that point that you can confidently say, I know myself, I know where I want to be, and I can start finding ways to get there. He works while everyone plays, working to the bone. His mind is broke, his heart is soaked in the blood of his old life. It's a very similar case where we all hold so much baggage. And it's really hard to let go. Sometimes it's just... You have like a 50-pound bag in your hand. It's just super glued there. But you have to take steps to try your best and let it go. You know, letting go is a different case for everybody. You know, a lot of times you see videos like, oh, this is the top 10 ways to let go of your past or to let go of a 
heartbreak. It's not a formula. It's not one size fits all. The reality of the situation is that the best way, at least from my perspective, the best way to let go of the baggage to try your best to move on from a situation is to face that situation. Come to terms with the reason you feel the way you feel about the situation. And don't hide it. Don't bury it. As I said before, bring it up. The more we bury, the harder it is to get to the root of the problem. Bring the emotions up. And sit with them. Tussle with them. Fight them. Listen to them. Anything is better than just burying them. Because real closure never really exists. What it comes down to is the peace you achieve. There's a general acceptance of the situation. There's a general acceptance of your past. And there's a general acceptance of the fact that it happened and you are only wasting your future by keeping your head looking back. But again, it's not easy and one size doesn't fit all. But I invite you to make the attempt. And if you're worried about doing it alone, find someone you're close to. Family, friend, sometimes even strangers online, professional help. Find somebody, but even a piece of paper. <laughs> sometimes that discussion... You know, you just need something to bounce your ideas off, bounce your thoughts on, bounce your emotions on. But sometimes just saying it out loud, you get a better sense of what's going on. You just can't run from it. You kind of think about it like this. If let's say you have a pet, and the vet tells you, complete regimen. You have to give the, let's say a dog for instance, you have to give your dog two sets of two different pills at these exact times for two weeks straight, I can almost guarantee you will not miss the time by a second. You will be on it. Schedule, calendar, you have your phone ringing when it's time, everything. You probably even call off work because you got to do it. Now put yourself in that situation. Let's say for some reason you're sick. The doctor tells you you have to take two sets of pills two specific times during the day for a week, let's say. Not gonna lie, there's a lot of people out there who would forget. A lot of people out there who would take it a few minutes late, maybe even an hour late. A lot of people out there who are willing to do so, so, so much to help those around them yet would fail to do the same thing for themselves, would fail to treat themselves with the proper self-respect and self-love that they deserve. It's all connected. Because it takes a whole lot of self-love and self-respect to do what you have to do, even if you're uncomfortable in doing it. And it's work. That's why I brought up the, the example. 
because we're willing to do the extra mile. We're willing to do the extra work for something or someone we love. But we're so willing to throw away that extra effort when it comes to ourselves because we settle for the way we treat ourselves when we shouldn't. It's all work. It's not easy. Most of the time it's uncomfortable. But I can guarantee after the struggles and ongoing messes of you know, sticking to that schedule, you feel better after that week. Same thing with this. Through the struggle and through the discomfort and emotional release of exploring your past and exploring the things that you still carry with you, you can and will end up at a better place. Because in order to move on, you really have to let go. That's the way towards growth. And the poem goes on, living the life of a lonely stone kicked down the road until someone else makes it home. This entire poem, this, the entire theme of holding on to the past, it's a scary reality for many people where you look onward to, you look on to the situations in the future, but you look at them through the lens of what you've already been going through. This person broke my heart this way, so this next person's gonna do the same. I got fired from my old job doing this, so this next job is probably going to end the same way. You self-defeat and there is so much in the world for you. So, so, so much. It's honestly insane how much opportunity is out there for you. No matter how much you deny it, no matter how much you don't think you can make it, no matter what your situation is, there's so much opportunity out there. But the only one limiting the amount of opportunity out there is yourself. And that's why I ended the poem in that way, because if you see yourself as that lonely stone only being kicked around and used by somebody until they make it home, just left on the road, you'll keep that mindset and you'll stay as that stone. But the moment you realize that you are more than the past, you are more than the heartbreak, you are more than your failures, the moment you realize that you can grow from your failures and grow from who you are now, no matter how unhappy you are with who you are now, you can grow. The moment you realize all this, then relative to the stone, the world becomes your home. The world becomes yours to conquer. And slowly but surely, you start sparking a fire under your heart. You find out that that person you want to be, that place you're looking at from the outside, you're closer to it than you think. Well, thank you so much for exploring this poem with me and listening to my very convoluted rant. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, if you're listening to this, 
try your best to be good for yourself and be good to yourself. You'd be surprised how far you get. The world is full of opportunity and wonder as equally as it's full of pain and struggles. If you ever feel like you need to reach out to somebody, or even if you want to read more poetry, or reach out to other people in the community, feel free to reach out to me via Insta. Check out the TikTok, all under the name of Numbers Poetry. But try to keep your head up. Better days are bound to come. So as always, thank you for listening. Be well. I'll see you in the next episode.